0: The following has been recorded at Cairn University. Any reproduction of this recording without the express permission of the university is prohibited.
1: So today's panel is made up of quite
2: recent grads from Cairn. And the first thing they're gonna do is introduce themselves, tell you when they graduated and what they're doing in life now. And then they have things they're going to talk about as a panel, what they're doing, what the challenges are that they're facing, and maybe what they would have told themselves six years ago, five years ago, when they were a student, to get involved in that would prepare them for today. So let's just start down here and do the introductions first. Who you are, when you graduated, and what you're doing now.
3: All right, hey, uh, my name is Frank Dorenzo. I graduated in 2015. Uh, with a youth and family ministry uh, major um, I currently work at Calvary Church of Satterton I oversee all the student ministry staff uh, and get to work with high school uh, I also get to work with uh, a company called DYM to create uh, youth past- uh, resources for youth pastors all around America and are all around the globe which is a lot of fun too so
4: hey guys Um, My name is Katie Grindle. I graduated in December 2019, so last graduation before the pandemic. Um, And I graduated from the School of Social Work. I have a bachelor in social work and a minor in urban ministry. Um, And I currently work for Young Life, which a lot of y'all probably know, um, in Hunting Park at Esperanza Academy Charter High School. And I live in Frankford, North Philly.
0: Hello, uh, my name is Jared Kane. I'm the Youth and Music Director at Crossing Community Church, just like 15 minutes from here in Newtown. I graduated 2016 uh, with my Master's in Counseling and my Bachelor's in Youth and Family Ministry, and uh, I'm currently working on my Master's of Divinity. Um, And I not only work at my church, but I have a good friend of mine. uh, His name is Dan Locke. We often lead together here, music, and uh, we have kind of this ministry called the worshiping songwriter where we kind of give platform to local song writers and musicians who want to write for the local church and so um, him and i have come out with an album and we're working on a second album currently and uh, i have a wife and one child and another child on the way so
1: hi i'm izzy i graduated in 2020 I got my bachelor's in youth and family ministry, and I got my master's in business. Um, I am currently the program director for Grow ESL at our Bustleton location. So, we are serving the Northeast Philadelphia region with English classes for adult English learners. Um, And, yeah, that's it.
5: I'm Jake Fairfield. I am the Youth and Young Adults Director at Chelton, a Church of Hope in Willow Grove. Uh, I oversee students from middle school uh, up to and through college. Um, I graduated in 2016 with a bachelor's degree in youth and family ministry, and then in 2019 with my uh, Master's of Divinity.
2: Okay, let's get into the real reason why they're here. I'd like you to and I've said to them to talk to each other, not just to go one by one, but what are the people like that you're working with and what are the challenges they are facing and how does that how does that impact you? What are you learning as you work with people? So anybody's welcome to start.
0: Jake, you're holding it.
5: Sure. <laughs> 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 um, so I work with uh, kind of broad range of people, anywhere from people who are like 12 to people who are like 26. So um, there's a wide range of emotions in there and maturity levels. And so people I work with, some of them are crazy. Um, Some of them are are students. But I think a lot of uh, what happened is coming out of like a global pandemic. There's a lot of kind of underlying just apathy and not really sure if I want to commit to stuff because we just had, you know, two years of, hey, I committed to all this stuff. I looked forward to something just to see it get canceled. Um, And one of the things that I've been learning about is really just uh, how completely unapathetic a God is for his people and for his church. Um, So just, I guess, had a deeper appreciation for the gospel and the fact that we have a God who doesn't change, who's not subject to change, so His affections don't change or dim or um, or fade. So, I think one of the things that I've been trying in in our ministry really is to how do we excite people with the goodness of God and the the passion of God and and, and how how Christ really demonstrates all that in the gospel to kind of bring us out of that that those feelings of apathy.
0: Yeah, I've uh, been working in youth ministry. Um, vocationally the past seven years at Crossing. Um, And I got to tell you, the most challenging time that I've had is the past few years since 2020 uh, to the point where I've wanted to quit. (laughs) Just hand in the towel. I'm like, there are plenty of jobs. My local giant can pay me more than the local church can. (laughs) so, um, And they got lots of really great benefits. But um, I... I have never had more resolve. And I was talking to Matt McLaugh. If you guys know Dr. Matt McLaugh, he's the best.
2: I think they know him. Yeah, uh,
0: I was actually um, on a, a podcast with him for Karen um, a week or so ago, and we were talking about how the pandemic has changed, how social uh, issues have changed many lives of the students. And I got to tell you, I have never had more of a resolve now um, to stay in youth ministry than ever before. Um, seeing families impacted deeply by the, uh, issues of secular religion, um, seeing families broken. I have had more friends and people that I consider deep, uh, co-partners in the gospel leave the church than I have fingers. Um, and I mean, it's a, <laughs> it's a plague. It's a plague in our church. And, um, I've been more resolved to be in families' lives than ever. And the challenges that they face are range from all the things that you guys see on the news, everything. its We're not siloed from it. The church is not siloed from any of this. Um, whether it be uh, ideas of gender and sexuality or, or uh, dealing with race issues or dealing with, um, you know, um, any kind of social issues and any type of, deep impacting long-lasting wounds like family divorces and everything it's just been skyrocketing in in my circles and so um, that's what's been really challenging for me in my sphere and in our church what we've been experiencing but it's deep resolve resolving me to share uh, the gospel
2: Katie, you were talking about the gap that you feel and you're not very old between you and high school kids. Talk about that a little bit. she just called me young, y'all. <laughs> She's very young.
4: <laughs> um, before I talk, I just want to say thanks for saying that you wanted to quit because I think like in vocational ministry, there's kind of this taboo of like saying that you want to quit, but really you do want to quit. Anyways, I just feel that a lot. Um yeah. yeah, I was talking um, to Elizabeth before. So, I yeah, I work in high school and middle school ministry. Um, if you don't know Young Life, Young Life is an incarnational outreach primarily to unchurched kids. Um, and really kids who just haven't encountered Jesus for real because a lot of the kids that I work with do have experience in church, but it hasn't been meaningful for them. Um, but a huge, like, curveball for me um, is just the generational gap. And I'm grateful young life does a lot to train us really well, um, in being like up to speed with the kids that we're working with. But yeah, so they're Gen Z and y'all should be Gen Z too. So yay for you. Um, and with just like technology and COVID and violence, tons of community violence, our nation has fallen apart. Um, and sorry if that offends you, but it's kind of true. Um, they just don't trust religion. They don't trust organization anymore. And so I've something really hard for me is I'll be like, hey, do you want to go to Duncan with me like after school? Like thinking that this will work. Um, and they're just like, no, <laughs> like I don't. Why would I talk to you? Um, and that is so different from what I experienced in youth ministry. Even before I came to Karen, I was involved in stuff. And it was like if you were a, an adult that cared about a kid, you could ask them to hang out with you and they would they would go with it. And now there's a lot of suspicion Um, rightfully so, like, I think we have not cared for our young people super well, and there's a lot of reasons for that. Um, I'm not blaming anybody, but they're a generation that is very hurt, um, And so, like, learning to be patient with that and learning to honor that and to not take offense to it, because initially, I took offense to it. I was like, what the heck? I raise money to, like, do this, and I sacrifice this and all this stuff, and you're just going to say no to me? Like, that's really rude. Um, (laughs) But I'm learning to appreciate them and, and, uh, yeah, I appreciate y'all's generation. Um, I think mostly for your honesty, like, You guys have been through it, Um, we've all been through it, but I appreciate that Gen Z is willing to say, yeah, no, I'm not gonna do a dance for you. Like, I'm gonna tell you
2: I don't wanna talk to you. Um, So that's one thing. Izzy, your world's very different. You wanna talk about it? Yeah,
1: Yeah, so um, I I work with all adults and I work with people um, from all around the world. And there's a lot of diversity in the types of students we have. Um, We have some people who are really well-established and they've been in the U.S. for a decade or more. And then we have people who just arrived maybe a few months ago. And some people speak only one language, some people speak three or four. Um, And so there's a lot of different people you meet every day. um, And it's really cool to experience that. But, in talking to people, you see different uh, themes of what people are struggling with as an immigrant, as someone who is new to America, who is, has left their home country um, for, for reasons that are really, sometimes really painful and really traumatic. Um, and so something I find really often for, number one, learning English is really hard. It's so hard. We're asking so much of our students and um, number two, meeting American friends is really hard. And so that limits you um, in how many spaces you have available to practice speaking English. And so that's another hard thing. And those those two issues do create a lot of um, loneliness and isolation. I think people in general nowadays, like we're very lonely, like it's a huge problem. Um, and so the students I meet um, they're really longing for connections and friendships and as they make a life for themselves here. And um, they're, they're working so hard and um, it's, it's frustrating too when you have a language barrier. Um, we have people who are so brilliant. When I walk into um, Grow and I'm in my office, I assume that everyone who walks into my office is way smarter than me. Um, they're brilliant. We have accountants and nurses and engineers. Um, there's PhDs in the classroom. We've got um, people who have education and experience in their field, but they can't practice here yet because they need to improve their English. And so um, that's why they're here. So they're really working so hard to um, to get where they wanna be and build a life for themselves and for their families. Um, and so I think those things are all um, very real challenges that students are facing and um, they're doing they're doing an amazing job. I, I have a lot of respect for everyone I've met so far. Frank.
3: Yes, yes, I agree with a lot of this, so I don't want to repeat a lot of it, but. So say something new. Say something new, I, I got something new here. I'll look at the flip side, the good <laughs> side, right? There's a lot of bad, but there's a lot of really good as well. I think this generation, Gen Z, you guys, right? Um, Learns a lot differently, which is exciting, so trying some new things has been what we've been trying to do in this season lately, is how do I engage with a new generation who learns a little bit differently? How do we teach the Bible in creative ways? The fun part is they're very motivated to help and serve others. They are ready to go to make a difference, Uh, and I think that's the exciting part of, at least for me, for students and church, is that the people who are there are engaged and they're ready to go. Um, They want to grow. They want to learn more. And I actually think the way I used to do student ministry was not challenging them enough. Um, and I'm not just talking about teaching. I'm talking about how do you actually live it out. Uh, we just did a panel at Youth Group trying something different. Uh, you inspired me. Um, yes, amazing. Uh, and we had 10 students, like, sign up to serve others. Uh, and, like, two of them are starting this Sunday. So they're ready to go. But we need to ask, and we need to make it a lot less about the content we teach and help help them actually engage in their faith. So that's something I've learned It's excited me. Um, I'm really pumped to kind of see, yeah, see the next generation of Gen Z kind of take their hold and and really shape church and to be missional for our community and around the world.
2: Okay, Frank has said engage in their faith. Uh, Some of you are working with believers, some of you are working with those who are not believers, but how do you get people to, first of all, know what their faith is and then engage in it? So, Either one of those. How do you get how do you introduce people to Jesus if this is something that is not part of their life? And then if it is, how do you get them to actually do something about it? Anyone. Can I take a step? Sure. Um
4: (laughs) I and this is something that I learned at Karen. Um I think we have to go back to relationships. Like if you read the gospels Jesus did not have a strategic plan, like homie walked around (laughs) and talked to people, um, and built friendships, and like built leaders out of friendships, and I think it's so exhausting to like think about how do do we get, and I'm not nitpicking your language, but like how do we get somebody to do something? Um, And that's part of what Gen Z is reacting to, like they're tired of being gotten to do something, like a marketed like product. And i found in the work that I do, and I do this because folks from the Karen community, CosCrossCo, Mark Jalovic, Chris Palladino, others, um, did this for me. Like, they built a relationship with me, and they created a space where I could come to them. Um, one time I went to Mark Jalovic's office, and I told him, like, nothing that I'm doing to follow Jesus is working for me anymore, and I was, like, having this crisis of faith, and I was, like, do I actually know God, all this stuff, um, and he just sat with me and he was he was just like i think you're okay like god will be faithful to you and like he'll keep he'll keep pursuing you and that tended that ended up being true um, and that has taught me with the kids that i'm working with and their families like come to my home or let me meet you in your home or let's go to the park together and just just be and that has created the most fruitful conversations that caused them to encounter jesus or to reengage with their faith in a meaningful way um, but i can't plan it and i can't produce it. It's just kind of like being present and showing up leads to that.
2: One more on this. Izzy, talk about dealing with people who largely are not believers, not Christians. Do you have opportunities? If so, how? How do you approach it?
1: Yeah, so so our faith is um, part of the program. So I first want to say that many students are believers. So we have Um, different people from different parts of the world. And so we've got um, some Christians, we've got Muslims, we've got atheists, we've got people who haven't really thought about it and don't really care about religion. Um, But some of our um, strongest um, advocates for like talking about their faith and being so genuine and ministering to the people who are sitting next to them are the students who are Christians. We have like three or four really strong Brazilian pastors. Um, And so it's really cool to see them take the lead and open up about their faith and share it with their neighbor um, and to be able to have the space to do that. And so um, it it is part of the program. So we have classes, um, classes an hour and a half. And so for 10 minutes of every class, we do want to share God's story. And so we share Bible verses. Um, we have them translated in everyone's uh, original language, um, and we have teachers who are have a platform to talk about their faith and talk about um, their relationship with God, and so um, it just creates a space for people to ask questions, and um, it really creates a space for people to get to know others through relationships, and so people are making friends with Christians maybe for the first time. And so they're being able to be invited into their lives. And so we have, um, our teachers are really great at this. They're, they're so bold and they're so genuine and they really let people into their lives. And so we've had students spend Christmas and Thanksgiving with their teachers. We've had people, um, they'll go for a walk every week just to hang out and talk and practice English more. And so there are opportunities. Once you you're investing in someone through English, and then you're also able to open the door, like, hey, like get to know me, come into my life, meet my family, come into my home. And so we have students doing that, and we have teachers doing that, which which is really cool. Can
2: I yeah, you on. you can say something. <laughs> he he told me he was long-winded, I and am, I said I have no problem shutting him up.
0: Yeah, I am. <laughs> so um, I agree with the both of them said. Um, Relationship super important, but I'm um, maybe jumping ahead to Liz's last question a little bit, but um, relationship only gets you as far as in the door and allows you to speak the truth of God's word. And one of the, th- I think, fundamentally as Christians is God's word. I mean, b- biblical education uh, is the thing that the church does. I mean that's what that's what it does and for my context right so I'm working in a church and these guys are very different context than me so I'm I'm speaking in my world um, I I had students I mean who would serve and they would go and they would do all these things and they've totally left the faith they, they're not Christians anymore they've apostated, like what the bible says they they don't want nothing to do with Jesus. I talked to them, and they, they could give a rip about any of it. Well, they were sold a false god. They were sold a false gospel. They, they didn't believe the one true God of the Bible. And when they were in, interacted with him, the real true God of the Bible, they hated him. And they left. And so, relationally, I mean, I agree with all these guys. It, it gets us through the door, but having them interact with God's word uh, has been so crucial for me. Uh, these are our, our students at Crossing want to know. I mean, and it took me a, a while. It took me a few years since the pandemic hit. I mean, their their worlds were rocked. I was getting phone calls from guys at one o'clock in the morning because Antifa was blowing up ATMs outside their homes. If you don't believe that there were local terrorists during the time, there were. They were. They were stealing money out of the side of walls in Philadelphia, right? Getting phone calls from my students that were having insomnia and anxiety attacks because of this. They didn't know what to do. They were having a crisis of faith and some of them left. And so um, after a time, they started bringing these weighty questions and a new wave of students came with lots and lots of questions about the Bible and how do we interact with culture and what does the Bible have to say about that? And these years have Been challenging for me and my staff. But answering hard questions, even to sixth graders, sixth to twelfth grade is what we work with. And now they're ready to serve. Now I have kids wanting to go out because their foundation has been the Bible. Their foundation is not just primarily for me, but me putting it on their parents, being like, We like we have to work together to do this because this isn't going to happen any other way. So I have kids serving younger kids in CEF local clubs at at different high schools, yeah, and I'm going to give a plug for my friend Jeremy. Um, in local local different elementary schools and, and working together at Camp Good News uh, clubs during the summer and sharing their faith with small children and their families and their parents because they love the Word of God and they know it now. Great. Okay, last thing I want you to talk
2: about. We've got nine minutes or so. If you were sitting in a pew, a chair out here now, if you were still a student, what would you like to tell yourself to dig into to do right here, right now? So what would you maybe wish you had done or would like to have done more of? So any of you. Frank, we haven't heard from you before. Uh, you're all looking at me. All <laughs> right. Uh, I'm looking
3: at you. <laughs> I know, right? Um, yeah, I, I do think about that a lot. Even as I was kind of driving over here, I was like, man, what would I want to hear if I was sitting in your seat? Because I know how chapels could be sometimes. You're like half checked out, half checked in, right? But I want to tell you this. This is really, Playing really on the phone. <laughs> yes, yes. There's a lot of things. It's a lot, right? Karen's a lot. You get a lot of information. It is like an avalanche of stuff. But I will tell you, it all matters. It truly does matter, it makes a difference. Going to work at a church, if you're not working at a church, it really does make a difference. We need young people in our churches who love Jesus, who understand the Bible, who have character. Um, I know our church is lacking that. So I would just say, probably the most helpful thing for me while I was in your shoes, is I didn't just sit here and learn about it, I actually used it and did something with it. It doesn't matter what major you are, go volunteer help somewhere because it's gonna help take what you learn here and apply it to real life. There are people who need to hear Jesus, the so hope. It's more important than ever before. Yes, it's hard, but we need people. And our church specifically is missing young adults. Um, so to have a room full of people like this, like you guys could really change a lot and make a big impact. So please, if you're not already, get involved somewhere, do something. Um, it's gonna change the way you learn, and it's gonna change the way God grows you in your relationship with him.
4: Um, I was thinking about this one a lot. And I'm sorry, I'm flipping your question on its head again. It um, <laughs> doesn't bother me. I would say, for me, looking back, I was reflecting this when I was driving here. I did not know how much the Holy Spirit was forming me while I was at Karen and preparing me for the work that I'm honored to do now. Um, so if you don't know what you're doing or you don't have some, you're like, yeah, you're just not doing something, don't underestimate how God might be using that. Um, because God uses times of, of not producing to produce much. Um, and I would also say seek out like discipleship and mentorship and like eldership and not in like church elder, but I'm thinking more like how indigenous people see that too. Like older people who can pass wisdom to you and pass like the truth of the faith to you. Um, Do that now, because if you're going to be a leader of the church in the future, we need people with with strong character, like you were saying, Mm -hmm. Um, because we don't have that in American church, to be honest. We have many leaders that have fallen in their character. Um, And I believe you guys can rise to that challenge and be different. Um, And I'm praying for you.
0: I guess we just go down the line. But um, I would say I want to make two pleas to you guys. One, find a church. You're here. Get plugged into a church. I know it's really easy to go to Bedside Baptist in the mornings on Sundays, right? You just, like, stay in your bed. Just hit the pillow. It's really easy to just tune in to your favorite pastor in the morning. But, like, that, that's not church. It's not. It's not church. Go and be involved in church. And if those of you guys who are looking for kind of like a church vocational, like, ministry job, I mean, that's where it happens. You want to find a job? It happens with relationship with your pastor. That's how I got my job. Matt knew me and I went and I went to a job uh, interview that he threw the phone number at me is Tim Smith at Crossing Community Church. And then Tim knew all the people that I did ministry with in this community. Knew all of them. And that got me in the door. Be involved. That's how you get discipled. That's how you get mentored. That's how you grow in your faith. Don't waste your time by not going to a local gathering. Go. And then secondly, we always talk about, at least when I was here, that, oh, the Bible's like a textbook here. I want you to throw that out the window. There is no other time, because Karen is a bubble, and it's a glorious, wonderful bubble. It is. I'm going to, like, I may get you guys angry. I'm like, oh, that's it's not real. It. You have the most access to some of the most brilliant people that I have ever met in my entire life to then read the scriptures and sit down and do it and intentionally engage in questions that you would know you would not ask otherwise, right? I wasted some of that time. I wasted it. Don't waste it. Engage meaningfully with the Bible in all of your classes. That would be my two. Good. Izzy?
1: Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. Um, it, it is such uh, it's a short time. You've heard this before, um, but and it is a precious time. And so what what I would say to you and what I would say to me a few years ago um, would be um, to really listen, uh, listen to the voices of others and those around you. Um, and so ways we can do that is to step outside of your comfort zone. So. Um, talk to people you may not normally talk with, or um, visit different churches, go outside your denomination, like just see what's out there. And um, there's 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 so much to learn from those who are around us and who are in the surrounding communities. Um, and that that listening and that taking it all in, like, really prepares you and allows you to think think critically about uh, issues going on today. And how ministry has been done in the past and maybe what needs to change. Um, don't be afraid to, to wrestle and to really to ask those hard questions. It's okay to wrestle and it's okay to wonder and doubt and ask questions. That, that is for your good and it's for the good of those around you.
5: So I was the kid who uh, was studying Hebrew during chapel <laughs> and uh, just counting down the hours until the exam. So if that's you, uh, I would say to you, this will end. Um, wherever class you're in, like, there is a fixed end date. And there is a graduation date that is that is coming. Uh, it might be sooner for some of you than others, right? But this will end. And and then what? You know, I, I got involved, like Jared was saying, I got involved in, in my local church. And um, I got discipled. And I got... A community around me who, who loved me and who, who still loves me, who cares for me. Um, I just got married and I had a community of people who were helping me. I was, don't advise this at all, but I was engaged for 581 days. It's um, <laughs> so what trying to get married in the midst of a pandemic does to you. But I couldn't tell you how many Hebrew words I know <laughs> right now, it's, it's very few. Sorry if Dr. Luther's in here. Uh, it's very few, <laughs> probably even less Greek. Um, but what I can tell you is, I learned the important things through the relationships that I had. So uh, I'm in the ordination process right now, and I got to tell you, they don't. Nobody's asked me how many Hebrew vocabs do you know. <laughs> what they have asked me is, how are you loving your wife? Um, mm. And that's exactly that's exactly what my church community taught me. The, so, don't like enjoy your studies. Studies are super important, like everybody's saying. You will use this stuff, yep. all right? I promise you'll use it, um, more or less. But invest in what matters, invest in the, in the community that's going to have you um, when you leave here, because there, there is a day coming where you, you will leave Karen and then maybe you'll get invited back for random things. And it's great, <laughs> right? But your church community is what is what keeps you. That's where that's where you learn the real every day of, of how do you engage with your faith? How do you love other people? How are you being discipled and equipped? And um, there's a ton of local churches around here that that's their desire. And that's what they want to do. So you talk to any one of us, because I, I mean, I'll go out on a limb and say we're we're all involved at some point in a church church. Um, don't forget that. Don't don't mistake that. Don't don't get so involved in your studies and in the urgent right now, that when you leave here, you have nobody. You have nobody surrounding you. You have no community.
2: I appreciate all of your emphasis on the local church. There was a man in my life. He was my father, and he used to say to me, uh, "Doesn't matter whether you're going into vocational ministry or not, you will always be a Christian. Get in a church." Mm. It doesn't matter whether you're planning on vocational ministry in the future. Everybody in the church can do something. So find a church and volunteer and just live alongside people Mm -hmm. and learn from them. Thank you to each of you for coming. Um, This was a really random group. I just asked for names, and these people accepted. But they're going to be out in the... uh, Lobby right afterwards. They're I think they're all staying for lunch. So if you want to talk to any of them more, just chat with them. Thank you for listening, and I trust it was profitable for you. Let's close in prayer. Father, thank you for each one of these young adults who has come and shared openly their challenges, their doubts, their struggles, and where you're meeting them in life and how they're seeing you use them. And we thank you, Lord, for what has been said. We pray, Lord, that you would take it and use it in the lives of each student in this room in whatever way you need to use it, whatever way they need to hear it. So thank you, Father, for a reminder that we are right here right now, as this conference is saying, and there is a great deal to do right around us. In Jesus' name, amen.